Welcome to the podcast. Today we look at the Texas voting law, which is absolutely restricting people to not be able to vote. And that's why this anti-democratic Republican Party needs to be examined very closely. We'll get into all of that today. Uh, the new movie, A Quiet Place Part 2, kind of came out and maybe was the, the return to the theaters that the American people were looking for for the first time in a long time, made lots of money at the box office. We'll go into where we are when it comes to reopening. Food prices are going up and up and up. We'll go into why that is happening and you know what, what's the cause of it. And the BLM founder who has now left BLM and is saying there's a huge problem inside of the organization. We'll talk about that as well. Don't forget to go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. If you've been watching the NBA playoffs this weekend, you may want to get a Don't Be an Idiot, Don't Be a LeBron t-shirt or mug that's available at don'tbealebron.com. Here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. We have uh, we we had an interesting uh, tale to tell here in Texas. You know, in Texas, uh, I think we run things better because the politicians are never in session, which <laughs> is the way the United States used to be. Um, we used to meet. I think it was once every year in the summer or once every other year and they put it in washington because they knew nobody would want to go to that swamp uh, mosquito infested nightmare of a town and unfortunately the the uh, uh politicians and everybody i guess decided to uh, make that a permanent thing but it, it it used to be that they would only come in. That's the best scenario for a republic because it allows people to have control of their own lives. Uh, the, uh, the House and the Senate in Texas, they don't rule our lives because they're never there. So they ended their session in, a, in an interesting way, wouldn't you say, Stu? I would say, and it's, it's apparently as the, uh, I believe it was the, the New York Times in a news story, by the way, wrote uh, and summarized these are the republican efforts to clamp down on voting uh oh man see it's thank goodness we have that happening it's very as you can see anti-democracy glenn uh republicans don't Mm -hmm, want people mm -hmm, to vote mm -hmm. they're looking for a select you know Mm -hmm. group of six or seven people who will vote each year right they they're kind of clamped i'm on that list i I don't of course i don't know about you Mm -hmm. but i i'm on that list and uh they're all white and what i say Mm -hmm. goes Mm -hmm. right all white men Mm -hmm. and there's about six of us maybe seven (laughs) uh eight if you count count our zionist master over in israel of course um so Mm -hmm. this is the big the the new georgia law controversy is now texas because as each state has gone through it the national media has tried to come together to tell everyone how terrible it, it, these things are. And now the latest one is in Texas. Texas took a while to get it done, came down to the end of the session, which was needed to be Sunday night. Uh, long story short, what the, the Democrats decided to do, because, you know, 
they love democracy so much, Glenn, and they the respect now, demo- of democracy. The, the right, the, the, right. the, the, the know, intent I, of the voters mm-hmm. must be Amen. respected. Yes, of course, as you yes. know. Amen. So what they For decided to do. do with these elected officials that were put in by voters, they decided mm-hmm. instead of letting them, I don't know, accomplish. Uh, their uh, their jobs and actually do their jobs and get their get the bill that the you know Republican voters all supported mm-hmm. and get that through. Mm-hmm. They decided mm-hmm. to walk out mm-hmm. and make it impossible f- to mm. come up with a quorum, basically mm. a procedural measure, oh. so the vote couldn't go through. So all in the name of democracy. Of democracy, yes. So they stop the democratic process. Uh, mm-hmm. Process mm-hmm. now, as you know, or a that, republic, uh, republican process, if you will, not uh, not uh, republican with a, uh, a capital R, but a republican with a small R. Right. They stop the republican process, which uh, part of that is democracy of you know all of them lining up and and voting. They stop that all in the name of that. Yeah, really interesting, especially after being lectured for the past couple of weeks of the, the the terror of uh, January 6 and the insurrection attempt that we saw on that date, Glenn. The reason was that it was so offensive was not just the violence and the rioting. It was because they stopped the democratic process from going forward. Uh, that that was such mm. a terrible tragedy uh, just a couple weeks ago. Mm. Now it's it, to be praised that Democrats walked out of the session so they couldn't get the vote done. Now, long term, they will have a special uh, session and they will get the voting uh, rights um, uh, act done uh, here in Texas. But what's fascinating about this, Glenn, is not only that they're stopping democracy to preserve democracy, as it were, to paraphrase an old George Bush uh, line on capitalism i gotta i gotta <laughs> violate the free market to save the free market right, exactly that doesn't really work george <laughs> so that's what they're doing here um but in addition to this um you know it's it's a typical bill that you've seen from republicans this cycle which is basically hey we think maybe you should be able to prove who you are before you vote things like um the overwhelming <sighs> uh, one of the most popular items in our national discourse which is voter mm-hmm, id mm-hmm. things that are this is approved mm-hmm. by 70 and 80 percent of minority voters 70 and 80 percent mm-hmm. of democratic voters approve of voter id mm-hmm. but it's t- tossed mm-hmm. out there as if it's the most offensive thing you've ever heard in your life so it's mostly stuff like that mm-hmm. the one just like in georgia where they they latched onto you can't have water when you're in the lines, there's no water. People only go to vote to get water. And now you're taking away the water because water is the reason why people get in line to vote every every November. Water. And really, it's it's so hot. It's so hot <laughs> yeah. in the summer in November. In November. That November heat wave <laughs> in the summer. Ooh, it's so hot. We People are dropping dead in the lines in November from heat because they don't have any water. <laughs> we have to bring them water. That's what they did in Georgia. So they didn't attempt that right. thing in Texas. What they're doing in Texas is... The brisket. The, the, no, there's no brisket. Where's the brisket? I need. I need brisket. I can't go on. I first I voted in Georgia and I didn't get any water. Now what? No brisket. Uh, so what they're trying to do in Texas is they're highlighting this one part of the law that was also part of the original um, uh, take on the Georgia law. Basically, it says yes, you can vote early. 
Yes, you can vote early on weekends. Yes, you can vote early on Sundays. But you can't vote Sunday morning early. You can't vote until I think it's 1 p.m. Whoa. on Sunday. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, I- whoa, whoa. Now, whoa, my gosh, look at the oppression. Right. That's what they're saying. Now, why are they saying that? I mean, the Republicans are saying, look, you know, we want to be able to protect people who work at the polls and have their ability to still go to church. So we don't want people forced to avoid church to have to go work at the polls because they have to open Uh, the polls early. Just just so you know, uh, Texas is the closest to a blue law state that I've ever seen. And it's all by choice. People do go to church. I know it's weird, Democrats, Mm -hmm. but people do go to church. You know, when you're not putting their pastors in jail uh, in Texas and very few stores are open on Sunday. Uh, A a lot of people take, you know, the Sabbath actually as an important thing. It's not against the law for them. I mean, there's some places do close. There's a lot of places open, too, but those they're not as heavily trafficked as you might think. Because Correct. people are actually at church, uh, you know, it's a highly, it's a, it's a, it's a high population religious uh, voting right. base and, and citizenship. So, so, but the the Democrats are saying, well, the only reason they're doing this is because they're trying to limit the souls for the polls, Glenn. Souls for the polls. Souls. Mm-hmm. Hang on just a second, my friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, uh, Sarah, do we have the gospel music here <laughs> as we talk about the souls for the polls? Uh, that is fantastic. So are they are they actually being honest this time? Well, souls for the polls. That's uh, dead people voting. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I should say you're right. Souls to the polls. You're right. So I guess it's not. Uh, it's not. We don't want our our voter registry. We want dead people. It's it's their claim is basically okay, this well, is a big. I, I mean, they took the mask off already. I thought maybe they're just also like, yep, we're just whipping up names of dead people. It's the souls for the polls. Would not be surprised, honestly, at this point on this one. No, I I wouldn't either. So souls to the polls is a program that runs, you know, largely in black churches, which is an idea that after church, everyone gets together and they all go to the polls to vote early, I guess. Now, I, I don't know what time church runs uh, you know i you know my it, it runs various times usually there's multiple services in texas i've noticed yeah uh, i mean a lot of churches have show times yeah you're like, you know, like, like all in the movie theater yeah three or four services per day <laughs> right. right because there's so many people mm-hmm. that actually go to church here but the idea being that like what they're accusing republicans of is altering the time schedule so that no one can vote before 1 p.m but because they think they're trying to limit the amount of people who will go from church directly to the polls. Now, in theory, mm-hmm. if you let's, I don't know, what time does your church end? Uh, 11 or 12. So you'd have to wait an hour. Of course, the whole point of this is to make the poll workers who are also going to church, giving them time to get to the polls to open. But what they're saying is they're just trying to limit black people because they apparently, and again, this is racism. Again, racism in action here by Democrats who are basically trying to make the case that black people care so little about government and society that if given a an opportunity to vote, but they need to wait an hour, will not vote. 
because they care so little about this country. They care so little about the state that they will not wait for an hour after church to go vote because they actually care about the poll workers also being able to go to church. These religious people want to thwart the poll workers ability to go to church so that they can go immediately after apparently is the accusation here. And they're trying to say this is the only so reason they're doing this is to limit black voting and therefore this is anti-democracy uh, which is why we can walk out on the democratic process at the last minute okay oh my head follow hurts that from trying to do the gymnastics on this one weren't the democrats the ones that were trying to shut down all of the churches thank weren't you the, wasn't it that i mean isn't it the the democrats that are the marxists that are not really for church you know or god here is a group of people glenn that have spent the last year telling you you're not allowed to go to church at all. You are going to be fined. Your pastor is going to be arrested if you try to go to a worship service. But they are the ones telling you that democracy is at its edge. If black churches aren't allowed to cart their voters directly to the polls from church. Again, in addition to all of this, we spent the last how long with the Democrats telling us it's against the law for any pastor to say anything positive about a Republican policy from the pulpit because it's a violation of the separation of church and state. And they're going to get their tax uh, exemption status removed. But yet souls for the polls is so vital to democracy <laughs> That apparently now you're allowed to go to church just so you can get to the polls. It's insanity. I love, I love this. Souls for the polls. I mean, it just couldn't be any more clear. You're, you're saying to me, you're going to lose your tax status if you intermingle at all church and the polls. You're mm -hmm. going to lose your tax status, uh, you know, with an exception of uh, souls for the polls and Alaska and Hawaii. <laughs> what what is that it's on this the, is a scream if it wasn't so tragic if it wasn't our country burning down it would be hysterical yeah and, and you know i mean other if i were in canada no uh, no because everybody's going to be ruled by the chinese soon so i wouldn't be laughing if i was in another country but, if i were in china i'd be laughing Ooh, <laughs> hang on shh 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 I can hear them laughing right now. That's, a, that's an amazing thing. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Could I play cut six? Biden, democracy is in peril. Listen to this. The lives of billions from antiquity to our own hour have been shaped by the battle between aspirations of the many and the greed of the few, between people's right to self-determination and the self-seeking of the dictator, between dreams of democracy mm. and appetites for autocracy, which we're seeing around the world. Our troops have fought this battle on fields around the world, but also the battle of our time. And the mission falls to each of us, each and every day. Democracy itself is in peril here at home and around the world. What we do now, what we do now, how we honor the memory of the fallen, 
will determine whether or not democracy will long endure. So those are great words. They really are. But I'm having a hard time squaring them with um, reality. I'm I'm trying to square them with. So let me be honest with you. Let me let me. Did you see the do we happen to have the video of uh, Joe Biden when he was talking about the very young girl? He's at a speech and I'm not going to go into the creepiness of the very young girl thing. I just want you to listen to him. Here it is. I'm honored to be joined today by Governor Northam and by two great representatives of the Commonwealth, Congressman Laurie and Congressman Scott. Listen to him. And I want to thank uh, thank you for all that you do to represent these service veterans because they're devoted to you. The family members, the caregivers, survivors will call Virginia home. I'm especially honored to share the stage with Brittany and Jordan and Nathan and Margaret Catherine. I, uh, I love those barrettes in her hair, man. I tell you what, and look at her. She looks like she's 19 years old sitting there with her, like a little lady in her waist court. Brittany, you're doing triple duty. Okay. We don't have to overlook the creepiness, do we? I I mean, completely? Yeah. No, I mean, you you go ahead. That's not my point, but I think it should be made. So go ahead, Stu. It was really creepy. You all heard it, and you know it was creepy. I mean, I understand that there's a grandfatherly thing he's going for there, but he is. They should tell him not to try doing it again because it does not work. It is really super creepy. However, did you notice how he is just. And one more thing, mm-hmm. Brittany. I love those breads and Brittany, and he just sounds like he's really, really tired. Like I've got to get a nap in pretty soon. I'm not sure um, that he even knows. I I think he has surrounded himself by radicals, uh, and I don't know if he's even getting the truth on what is happening with his policies. Because how are these radicals writing these speeches for him? These speeches don't reflect the policies of uh, of him for the most part. That that you know, democracy is in peril because of uh, the the want of a dictatorship. Yeah, who's calling for a dictatorship? Who who is who is building the framework of a dictatorship? Who's the one that's trying to change all of our systems so it's easy to stay in power? Who is the one that is demonizing half of the country? It is it's it's frightening. And I saw a poll the other day that Democrats and I don't mean the ones in Washington. I mean, the average Democrat that, you know, that lives next door to you, that is normal. That they're starting to be concerned about some of these things that are happening they're starting to look at the wokeness and say this is going too far and uh you know it looks like we're starting to you know edge into marxism well welcome to the party democrats um i hope you i hope you wake up a little faster because democracy is in peril and i don't understand the policies You know, we are looking at probably two million new um, 
dreamers coming in over the border. Two million in this year. At the time when Americans are not working. Now, these people will work. I don't know about you, but I see, I see, you know, in new immigrants, assuming they're legal or illegal, but I see new immigrants and they are working hard. They, they know what the American dream is. So is that it? Is, is it, are we just living off of this new labor and then Americans are not supposed to go to work? Because everywhere, everywhere it is happening where Americans just aren't going to work. I, I got a friend who wrote to me. He said, Glenn, my, my neighborhood Facebook page is now a constant stream of job openings for low-wage positions. People are complaining because Mercury Coffee just shut down here uh, until they can find people. Jimmy John's is now shut down, not because of COVID, but because they can't find anybody to work it. The local pizza place can't find anyone. I just placed an order at McDonald's and drove up to pick it up. The manager told me she can't do curbside because they don't have enough people even to keep the drive through running. There were dozens of cars waiting in like 70s gas lines for the drive through at McDonald's. What's happening to us? Well, we're we're so many are not willing to go back to work. And this is going to mean really bad things. Now, I want to I want to talk to you about the price of gas and the price of everything that is going up. And not all of it is because people won't go to work. Some of it is. If we include all food and energy costs into our CPI, which we don't because the government says, oh, those numbers are too volatile. Oh, they just go up and down. And we don't want to include those in the the consumer product in, in, uh, index. I mean, consumer price index. I mean, because they'll go up. If you include them like we used to, we'd be closer to 20% annualized rate of inflation. 20%. John Williams, that's shadow stats, pegged 1980s era CPI at 12% in April compared to the 4% that the government tells us it is. But even he noted that his inflation index doesn't include all food costs. For instance, dining out. Now, I'm not dining out all the time, but I'm using Uber Eats more than I ever have before. If gasoline moves up to $5 a gallon, even his index will be higher, uh, closer to 18%. We also have another problem. And I would love to hear from anybody who is a rancher or somebody who sells lumber on their land or a logger because something is very very wrong we have a growing issue in both the lumber and meat packing industry now on friday and this is why i question the president we have lumber up at over 800 percent increase the price over 800 percent in an increase we also have a housing shortage now. People are, are trying to buy houses, but they're buying houses 
at a rate or I should say at a price that we have never seen before in human history. When you look at the Case Shiller index, never has America paid this much for a house. It's almost double what it was in 2007, right before the big collapse, where everybody lost their houses. One of the reasons is because the houses are about 30% more expensive to build right now because of a shortage of lumber. Now, you're president of the United States. What do you do? If you believe in the United States, if you're trying to help out the consumer, do you do things to make lumber less expensive or more expensive? On Friday, President Biden put a new tariff on lumber. So now we have any lumber that is coming from Canada has a new tariff on it. Well, that's not helpful. That will make the price of lumber even more expensive. Now, there are four companies, four companies that run the lumber mills. There are also four companies that are the largest meat packers. They control over 90% of all of the uh, product in America. So if you're looking to buy meat, you're most likely going to get it from these four processing plants. 90%. You're looking for lumber. You're going to get them from these four different lumber companies. There is something you could make a case for collusion. And there are some senators now, including Democratic senators, who are now looking at the price of beef and what is going on and the price of lumber, and they're asking questions. And what they're doing is they're asking the Justice Department to look into it to see if there's any collusion. Do you trust the Justice Department? Consumer prices are up more than 100% in each industry. But what's driving the shortages is more collusion between major companies keeping the supply short rather than skyrocketing demand or shortage of production. In both cases, lumber and beef, Fortune 100 companies who control the industry are making huge profits right now. Gigantic profits. But the producers and the consumers are getting screwed. The guy with the chainsaw out in the forest, he's not making more money. The guy who has, has purchased this land and is now trying to thin some of the forest by taking some of the lumber, he's not getting rich. If you have a, a herd of cattle and you are trying to sell them at market, You've just paid the highest price you may have paid in a very long time for grain. You have to raise the price of your cow because you've paid it cost you so much money. If you're lucky, you're making about eight cents a pound. That's barely enough to keep the lights on. If you're lucky, as of as of Friday, you weren't making anything. 
you were lucky to break even. Most are losing money. So we have plenty of beef. We have plenty of cattle. Where's the breakdown? So it is it is not the fault of the truckers. It is not the fault of the producers. We know now that the producers are paying more for grain. Uh, they are uh, the cheapest logs we've had in a very long time. So what's happening? Because the the guys who are actually producing they're not getting any more money. In fact, they're getting less. So where's it coming from? Well, the meat producers are blaming it on the truckers. The truckers would not be, could not be responsible for a 100% increase. Yes, we have shortages of people who want to work, but the truckers are being paid uh, more than they were, but not enough to make our beef this expensive. It's at the producer's level, the people who actually take the beef, process it, and then get it to the stores. They are making profits that are record profits. And because there's only four of them, two of which are foreign-owned, when are we going to learn that lesson? Because there's only four of them, I believe it's a wink and a nod. I believe I can't prove it, but there needs to be an investigation, but it's going to be the Justice Department. They, I believe, are looking at profits and saying, why would we work harder when we're making more money than we ever have? We're, we're, we're putting out less product and we're making more money. Why would we want this to change? I don't think these companies are in it for Americans. I don't think these companies are actually doing the right thing. Um, they're doing the right thing for the shareholders, perhaps, for the CEOs, perhaps. They're not doing the right thing for the American people. And somebody in government needs to have a hearing and call them to task is there anybody clean enough in Washington, D.C. to do it? Because the price of your house and the price of the food that you put on that kitchen table are going to skyrocket if this doesn't stop soon. You're also going to put all of the farmers out of business. You're not going to have anybody that can afford to raise cattle for meat. Oh, but don't worry. Two of those companies are foreign, but the other two, they're the ones making things like the impossible burger oh they're so green oh i wonder if they get some help on that as well you're listening to the best of the glenn beck program So I grew up on a farm, kind of, in the summers. My grandparents had a farm, and uh, there wasn't anything I could do faster than get off of that farm. It's incredible work. Um, however, I think we lost it as a nation when we lost connection with the soil and how things grow and are produced. 
I uh, I want to talk to somebody who I admire a great deal who has been on the program before uh, and whose voice I seek out when the price of meat is starting to go up. His name is Steve Stratford. He's a uh, Kansas cattle buyer and Angus breeder and uh, assistant manager of Pratt Livestock. Hello, Steve. How are you? Good morning, Glenn. I'm great. Uh, thanks for having me on. You bet. Now, Steve, here's what I'd like to do, uh, because most of the audience doesn't uh, doesn't care about the price of cattle, and they should. Can you frame this so people who are just they go just go to the grocery store, they're living in a city, they're living a normal life, and they're disconnected from the farms. Can you explain what's happening to the beef and why it's so important? I tell you what, Glenn, right now, uh, the uh, packing industry is controlled by such few amount of people that uh, basically today they can uh, put the screws to the consumer and the producer both and and capture a margin in the middle that uh, is not uh, of uh, percentage equity theirs. Um, basically, uh, you know, they're, they're profiting this week, a thousand dollars a head and owning that animal for a week or less. And the producer's margins are negative a hundred to, to maybe 20 or $30. And they've, they've got an 18 month investment in that animal. Right. So the people who are raising the cows, they are losing money now at the open market. Why is the market, I mean, because they're paying more for feed, they do have at least 12 to 18 months in that cow that they had to feed it and care for it and give it its vaccinations and everything else. And now they're losing money. Um, That sounds like a company trying to put farmers out of business. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I mean, you're talking about a producer losing money while our product at the retail sector is at record levels and the demand is insatiable. Um, what has happened that uh, they've got so much captive supply and control handed to them that they don't have to actively bid and there's no true price discovery on those cattle. Um, so they've got the deal controlled and they're putting the screws to the retail sector and uh, also the producer with the end goal in mind to uh, get it down to just a few uh, very large producers that are willing to work on a margin and uh, put the average uh, smaller operator out of business in this country. So the free market system has completely broken down. Correct. Um, you know, we've lost any price discovery and any connection to the, uh, to the product we raise. Um, you know, they, uh, they can, uh, they can price it at the retail sector and basically give the producer whatever they want. So the Trump administration was looking into these, um, uh, into these, uh, processing plants, um, because of COVID and they said, oh, this is the price and the farmers are getting screwed because of COVID. And he didn't think so. Do you know if any of that was was done? Was was there any result to that? We're actually waiting on the results of the there was a uh, fire in a packing plant. We're still waiting on the final results of that investigation. All that stuff has uh, come without any real true fruition or answers. 
um, as we speak right now, we have a couple, three drives from uh, different senators to uh, open another DOJ investigation. So what is the, um, uh, how long can a rancher, you know, wait this out? I mean, I don't know any ranchers that can lose that kind of money on their cows and then just, oh, well, I'll just do it again for a year and hope that it's better next year. Yeah, and and we're at that point now, Glenn, where uh, the clock's ticking fast. Um, you know, it, it is such a large investment out here for these people, and, and they have to uh, invest so much time, capital, labor, that uh, if they don't start getting a, a plausible return here, um, we're going to see a lot of these producers go out of business. And how that affects the consumer is that, uh, A, like I said before, I mean, these, these big packers can price it to the retail sector however they want. They own different uh, segments of the protein business. Um, they're controlling that whole meat counter with also investments in fake meat uh, that's priced there alongside our mm-hmm. product. And it's mm-hmm. it's a total misadvertising by the packer. I mean, you go into the effect of the, the foreign beef coming in, and as long as it's processed here, it can be labeled uh, product of the USA. Um, you know, we've got it coming from all avenues. I mean, right in the middle of the American taxpayer sending billions of dollars to the uh, American rancher, the American taxpayer just as well wrote those checks to uh, the four major packers because they're the ones that got that margin. Our product was never in problem. Our product never was at a discount in the meat in the meat counter, and we had to bail out the American ranchers when the when the product they raise is at a record level, and and that's just a broken system. So we're talking to Steve Stafford, whose report on this I I watched I think on uh, Friday or Saturday. And, you know, I am I am not a rancher, but, uh, you know, I, I dabble in cows. And the one thing that I've learned is this didn't start with covid. There's always an excuse. And it it, it looks like um, that this started to get bad around 2015, which I think is interesting when you look at the Paris Accords, because they went down uh, as as well at that time. And the they were then pushing the corporations and big banks into this ESG thing. But let me just give you an, an article here that really is disturbing. Um, meat from animals, I'm quoting, meat from animals will be a luxury uh, and very pricey in the future. The people will have to turn to vegetable-derived uh, alternatives, which will be cheaper. This is according to JBS Chief Executive Officer uh, Gobelto, uh, uh, Tom, what is it, Tomazzoni. Um, th- this is G- JBS saying years ago that this is going to become very, very pricey. What are the, what are the indications that beef is going to become you know more pricey in the future, other than people wanting to engineer prices to be? more expensive yeah and you've got the packers investing in the alternative meats uh, which is a direct competition and um they uh you know there's no reason right now for what the producer's receiving for the meat to be at the price they are it's just a monopoly on the on the uh, packing system um and we haven't 
you know, you've got these fake meats out here. They've got a list of ingredients in them that is longer than your average bathroom cleaner you'll find under your sink. Um, I don't think we really know the ramifications or if that stuff's even healthy. Um, and uh, I imagine you're a red-blooded American that eats red meat. And uh, we've proven uh, that that is healthy yes. and the most wholesome source of protein for a long time here. So I don't think we throw the baby out with the bathwater and think we go to uh, these alternatives they're pushing. So, Steve, you're seeing the futures prices now. What does that mean in the grocery store a month from now, two months from now? You know, the futures price to the grocery store really means nothing. The futures price is, is what the producer out here can lock in that at or, uh, um, you know, price his product at. There is no okay. tie to the, from the futures price to the boxed beef. Um, there's no tie to the producer with the box beef price. Um, we do have a, like a December futures is, is showing fat kettle going to be, oh, $15, you know, $8, $9 higher than it is today. Um, now, how does that correlate to the box beef? It really doesn't. Um, the Packers can price that word. So do you have, any, you have any idea how, if our prices are going to go up or down at the grocery store? It would look to me like they're going to stay up. We have a, a employer problem in these plants. They can't process at maximum capacity because the employees won't show up because they can make as much money sitting at home collecting unemployment. Um, and like I say, beef has crazy demand right now. Everybody's out and about and back out. Um, so uh, the, the, they have they've got that price up there and gouging the consumer because they can't, uh, they can't process enough of it and keep it in front. Steve, thank and you so you, much. You want to take it, you want to take it to another level. I guess I'd, I'd like to add this, that, uh, the average consumer out there listening to you and the consumer across the United States needs to call their senators and their legislators and express concerns because, uh, you know, just like today, we've got JBS, which is the largest packer in the United States of, of proteins under cyber attack and shut down. So the prices will skyrocket at the uh, consumer level um, when one of these packers goes down for a minute. So this country, national Jeez. security and food security needs to uh, have more packing and and uh, not be so susceptible to problems. Steve, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Call your senator and your congressman now and have them look into this. Uh, I was just going to uh, report on this uh, cyber hacking. It is exactly what happened to our gasoline. Uh, what a surprise. We're going to see more of this, which will cause the cost of everything going up. I, I sure would like to know what Washington is doing about it. You know, last time we had a cyber hack, it was uh, it was a private matter. It was a private corporation. Well, what the hell good is a, the United States government if you're not protecting our private corporations uh, and our and our private individuals from terrorist attacks? And that's exactly what this is. They're shutting us down and they're shutting us down in core sectors. God forbid somebody actually gets serious the damage they could do to this country da, da, da.